Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about hate crimes. There's an entire body of laws against hate crimes. Everybody seems to be worried about hate. Hate appears to be the gravest problem of our time. But hate is good. Hate gives a structure to our life. Hate gives us a reason to exist, a focus, something to strive for, an identity. Hate is energy, pure energy, provided by Mother Nature herself. Hate enables us to see through lies and pretense, and helps us to concentrate on the essential. Hate is democratic. Even the rich and the powerful cannot hate more than their slaves and subjects. And soon, hate may well be all that we have left. Hate emancipates. Without hate for slavery, you cannot break your shackles. And without hate for injustice, there can be no justice. The greatest achievements of the human race have grown from hate, and from the ability to control hate. Hate separates humans from animals. Animals do not hate, but humans do. Humans can hate for decades, sometimes their entire life. We can even pass hate on to our children and keep hate alive for centuries. Hate is a sign of abstract intellect, for only humans can hate people they have never seen or met, and only humans can hate concepts and processes. How can we know what love is? if we refuse to recognize and understand hate. Love and hate are the two opposite sides of the same coin. Without hate, we are only halflings. In order to be complete, we need hate. Only fools talk endlessly about love, but forget the hate. Hate separates us from the meek and docile masses. Do not fear hate. Do not deny or reject hate. Accept hate. Embrace hate. Learn to know it and learn to use it. Hate is your most powerful weapon, a hidden source of your strength. Do not deny it from you. What the liberal elite fears most in this world is our ability to hate, because our hate will one day be the most revolutionary force on the planet. Our hate will destroy and create empires. Resolution Radio. Suspended. Stay in your home. 
not attempt to contact loved ones, insurance agents, or attorneys. Shut up. Do not attempt to think or depression may occur. Stay in your home. Curfew is at 7 p.m. sharp after work. Anyone caught outside the gates of their subdivision sectors after curfew will be shot. Remain calm. Do not panic. Your neighborhood watch officer will be by to collect urine samples in the morning. Anyone caught interfering with the collection of urine samples will be shot. Stay in your home. Remain calm. The number one enemy of progress is question. National security is more important than individual will. All sports broadcasts will proceed as normal. No more than two people may gather anywhere without permission. Use only the drugs prescribed by your boss or supervisor. Shut up! Be happy! Obey all orders without question! The comfort you've demanded is now mandatory! Be happy! At last, everything is done for you!
All right, welcome to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to the St. Thomas Show, and I am your host, Sonny Motherfucking T, you whiny ass bitches. If you want to call in or listen now, it's air code 607-203-5423. That's air code 607-203-5423. You can follow us on various social media at Wimkin, Parlor, Gab, Twitter, and Telegram, all at St. Thomas Show. You can also follow us at Resolution RDO on Getter, Gab, and Twitter and Telegram, but on Twitter, you have to look up Resolution RDO and the number one. So we are definitely um, picking up some followers more recently. And um, shit. Um, I've been getting a lot more uh, uh, interesting people following us as far as uh, certain elected officials and stuff, and uh, uh, even some fairly well-to-do um, bloggers and things of that nature as well. So thank you very much for following us tonight, Thomas Show. And now that Resolution RDO is back up on Twitter, uh, we're going to start seeing our followers start to increase on that as time goes on. So we're building back things up after uh, social media destroyed a lot of stuff for many of us on the right. Uh, we're now building it up by getting it rock solid. So that's pretty good. All right, uh, topic of tonight is secure the border now. Uh, the, the borders are very porous, and the Supreme Court basically dismissed any uh, hearings on the uh, Title 42 situation. So basically, as of May, uh, Biden will throw open the gates, and pretty much they all are going to come in like a flood, just like the of all places, too. Texas flood, just like Stevie Ray Vaughan. So, interesting enough. I uh, just saw in Bongino Report study, U.S. could default on debt as early as summer. What a shocker. I mean, he's giving $500 million away to fucking that freaking Jew over there in goddamn Ukraine. Not even going to see what's going on in Ohio unless he obviously has been briefed not to go because it's all part of a larger plan. But it's pretty obvious here that um, we could be facing some serious financial difficulties here uh, in this country, that's for sure. Uh, the United States will run out of existing funds to pay the nation's bills within seven months. Congress raises the debt ceiling. The bipartisan uh, group confirmed on February 22nd, the X date when the government will have to begin delaying some payments can't be predicted with certainty, according to the Bipartisan Policy Center, but will likely come in summer or early fall of 2023. Today's X date range reflects in part the considerable uncertainty in our nation's current economic outlook. Uh, Shai Akabas, the BPC's Director of Economic Policy. The bottom line is it doesn't matter which fucking party is in there. They spend like mad scientists getting free grants like it's going out of style. Both parties are to blame. Uh, Trump just completely ballooned the deficit big time. Uh, Obama ballooned it big the shit out of it. And of course, Bush um, ballooned the hell out of it too. So, I mean, last 20 years, we've seen from a $4 trillion deficit now to $31 trillion. I mean, it just goes to show you, man, it's just unsustainable. And the only reason why that we haven't collapsed and turned into the Weimar Republic or Zimbabwe is because of the petrodollar and that we are the world reserve currency, which is 
quickly deteriorating as well because the Fed is getting ready to um, push the digital dollar, which means they're going to start phasing out the old greenbacks. But guess what? Be able to have any money around anymore. So, again, you need to know what's going on. Excellent show yesterday on Alex Jones' show. Um, guests that come on, the name is Michael Yon, spelled Y-O-N. You can go to band.video and look up Michael Yon. Uh, you can also probably find some links on his Twitter and Telegram. He's at uh, Michael Yon on Twitter, I do believe, and Michael Yon 1776 on Getter. He's also on, um, was it Page Source? No, what, I forget what it was. What's that? Um, I can't remember the name of the. People post stuff on that uh, other website. I, I don't go there, but I've heard of it. Anyways, so he was really hitting it pretty hard for almost two and a half hours yesterday. Talking about how he's been actually been to the particular places in South America uh, where they're just completely funneling uh, people straight up into here. And it, it's and the United States is actually not encouraging it, but paying for it. So it's pretty um, pretty interesting. So uh, he's talked about a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, the of course you know the Nord Stream uh, pipeline was destroyed by the United States. Um, they definitely had a hand in it. So Putin has a legitimate reason to start a war if necessary. Uh, plus the fact that uh, Germany is going is lying to the people. And knowing that uh, pretty soon they're going to have, they're going to start looking like South Africa. They're not going to have energy available for hardly anything. So it's interesting um, of well. Other top stories of Bonjean Report. Missouri AG fires Soros-backed prosecutor Kim Gardner. That's good news. <laughs> Fag boy Buttigieg. I don't know if I can keep calling him Judge. I mean, dude, his name is spelled B-U-T-T-I-G-I-E-G. Okay, how is that Judge? It's Buttigieg. In other words, it's a perfect name for a fag, okay? He finally makes it to East Palestine, and it doesn't go well for him. What a shocker. Uh, Trump was there yesterday as well as Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Quick and Ink. Uh, when asked about it, she basically she said she had no idea about it until, like, last minute. I called BS because uh, someone would have told her as she was going stuff in there because uh, she is a, a major in the reserves as well as ex-Congress. So she would have, if she isn't watching the news, someone would have told her. Um, let's see. New charges against uh, disgraced FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, Jew, announced. So let's see if they're just going to slap him on the wrist and let that little big afro-haired motherfucker stay with his mommy and daddy and get away with shit. Uh, he faces four additional charges related to the disgraced entrepreneur's allegedly fraudulent cryptocurrency empire. Several companies controlled by him filed for bankruptcy at the end of last year after customers and investors learned of FTX and improperly commingled funds with sister trading company Alameda Research. A superseding indictment unveiled on Thursday adds four new charges, including conspiracy to commit bank fraud and conspiracy to operate an unlicensed money transfer business to the eight charges to which he has already pleaded not guilty. According to the document, the former business leader falsely represented his intentions to open a bank account and obtain cover funds for the purposes of trading and market making, as well as knowingly controlled and supervised an unlicensed money transmitting business affecting interstate and foreign commerce, quote-unquote. 
The indictment noted that he sought to purchase influence over cryptocurrency regulation at the federal level by steering tens of millions of dollars of illegal campaign contributions by Democrats and Republicans. So this happens this shit all the time. Soros does it every fucking day. Why isn't he fucking being faced with indictments? Yeah. And he's also a Jew, so I understand what, what he must have a some dirt on somebody. Oh, that's for sure. Um, I saw this earlier as well. Um, it looks like the 2024 GOP field is going to be large. Um, I don't agree with this at all. Um, this Indian guy has decided to fucking run. Uh, I don't know why he's wasting people's time or his own. Um, right now, there are two serious candidates for GOP nomination for president 2024. One announced, one is still on the sidelines. I am, of course, speaking of former President Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley jumped in the race the other day, and last night, tech entrepreneur Vivek Rams... What the fuck? How do you fucking say this? Ramsaswamy. What kind of fucking name is that, dude? Jumped in the race. He's Indian. No one's going to vote for a stuck and stupid ass. Each of these other candidates is an impressive person with appealing qualities, but neither strikes me as a serious threat to the frontrunners. Former Governor Larry Hogan, of course, might up in the standings in the race should he decide to jump in, because as the twice-elected and surprisingly popular governor of Maryland, he, of course, would light the world on fire. Well, maybe not. Um, I did see an interesting tweet by this Vivek guy, which I actually thought was um, very interesting, actually. Um, Especially him being a, quote-unquote, person of color. Um, your experience in campaigning, campaigning for president is very is uniquely difficult. Still, you have to give him credit for both his ambition as well as to to be to behold. Uh, none of that, but if he, if he can maybe use certain things to kind of change up the race and and be an educator, uh, like Ron Paul or Tulsi Gabbard, I'm totally for that. Okay, interesting enough, tech entrepreneur. Uh, who announced his candidacy for president Tuesday during an interview with Fox News' Tucker Carlson, has revealed he, what action tends to take on day one if elected president. On Twitter Tuesday evening, just hours after becoming the third Republican in the race, alongside with Trump and Nikki Haley, who's a joke, uh, Ram Swamy said he would end affirmative action on the first day of a potential administration. I thought this was actually fucking phenomenal to hear this, actually. Uh, as U.S. president, I will in federally mandated affirmative action, full stop. I will repeal Lyndon Johnson's executive order 11246 mandates race-based quotas. Every Republican since Johnson had the opportunity to do it, I'll do it on day one without apology. Because America's strength is not our diversity, but the ideals that unify us across our differences, merit, free speech, truth, accountability. I believe deep in my bones these ideals still exist, and I'm ready for president to revive them. Very interesting that he would point that out. Um, also, um, I'm missing some dialogue on this. I, I'm, it's not showing up here. I'm missing part of the sentence. Anyways, um, Sunak also faces the challenge that he's extremely young at 37. It's not impossible for a candidate this young to grab the attention of the public. Even Don Lemon might agree that he would represent a new generation of leadership, although it is unclear if he will qualify as being in his prime. 
as we know, the prime years for men and women are different according to Lemon. <laughs> Who listens to a, a black fag anyway? Well, Swami has a message that will appeal to modern conservatives, although he is a different sort of culture warrior than DeSantis who focuses more on social issues. Still, he hits a lot of political erogenous zones for Republicans. I will give you that. He says, Ram Swamy, a political commentator and author of Woke, Inc., Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam, that America's celebration of diversity has resulted in fragmenting the country and its residents have forgot all the ways we're really the same as Americans. I would agree with that statement, actually. I think we need to put merit back into America um, in every spirit of our lives, he continued the interview. Whatever his qualities as a messenger and a candidate, he's unlikely to put a dent in support for either Trump or DeSantis. Each of these candidates, DeSantis as a potential and Trump as a declared candidate, has diehard advocates. Governor DeSantis has the advantage of being able to create news with his actions as governor, and Trump is Trump. Um, he does bring us a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, I would say just for – I'd like to actually hear what he has to say and see if he can get those notions out there. Now, again, um, it may not happen this cycle. It could be 20, 30 years from now. When Trump ran in 2016, he was echoing a lot of some of the same uh, cornerstone platforms that um, David Duke was doing in 1992 during his campaign. So that would be actually very interesting to see. I would like to see many of those things go away. I would also like to see a lot of the uh, shit where they open up the doors of immigration in 1965, slam shut, and actually go back to having Ellis Island. I think uh, those are uh, things that really matter, um, such as the big deal is that um, we had standards back then. But you had to speak a certain amount of English. Um, you had to have no infectious diseases. Now, especially since you super Obama, basically, if you got Ebola and anything else, they'll not only bring you right in here, they'll take you straight to a level two hospital and let you infect everybody on the same floor. I mean, seriously, that's some sick shit, you know. My brother actually died from Ebola being in a fucking Nashville hospital, man. So I think it's kind of interesting that um, that he would have gotten that shit simply for uh, falling on his, breaking his tailbone and somehow maybe have gotten gangrene but end up getting Ebola while he's in the fucking uh, ICU. So it's fucking sick shit, man. It does make you fucking wonder. Who else is on the floor? I wouldn't mind going back and looking at that just to see. So, but, you know, again, shit happens, man. But um, NBA All-Star Games suffers lower, lowest TV ratings ever. Uh, first of all, nobody wants to see a bunch of Keffers running around fucking the nappy heads fucking bouncing a ball around. I mean, it gets boring, you know? I mean, some of the NFL, 58%, they say, of the of the players are black. I mean, you know, nobody wants to see that shit anymore. And I hear these social justice warriors and, and these fucking uh, Kaepernick motherfuckers. Dude, if you want to fucking affect social change as an athlete, start a foundation, okay? That's the best way to fucking do that. Maybe you want to wear a band or something, you know, just to highlight something. As long as the, the league doesn't have an issue with you adorning yourself with a piece of fabric um, to represent something, okay, that's fine, okay? But the bottom line is um, it's a sporting thing. You're, you're there to fucking do a sporting event and camaraderie as athletes to fucking play each other, not use it as a social justice platform. That, that's horseshit. It really is. So that's some uh, sick shit. 
uh, recommend going to um, Justice Report at justicereport.news. Um, this is the uh, Drudge version from uh, National Justice Party. And they often put some really, really good uh, stories on here. Uh, many of them straight from the uh, things themselves. Of course, uh, Joseph Jordan had confronted Congressman Bill Johnson at, in East Palestine and got some really good footage out of that. Apparently, uh, his, his uh, encounter worked because of the fact that uh, Johnson really started going back and started asking questions about why FEMA turned down uh, the wine for uh, any type of assistance and decided to go to a different thing than others. So an interesting situation. Uh, Norfolk Southern to pay out massive dividends after East Palestine train derailment, but that's still not enough. We've seen too many times what happens in the past when these fuckers um, let shit go or they tell you that you get the all clear, and it's really not. So that's a, a very sick situation in of itself. So it needs to be um, seriously addressed and uh, start asking some serious questions about that. That's for sure. Okay, so um, – Opening song tonight was Bound for Glory, Vindication, as we've been vindicated many times here on this network, uh, many things that we've st- stood on and harped about. Uh, we, as many people want to cajole us and, and ridicule us and call us everything under the sun but the truth. Um, truth fears no investigation. Herr Hitler. And he's right, uh, because the fact that many things that I have taken stands for over the last 10, 12 years – um, I was vindicated usually within a couple of years. Um, some took a little bit longer, but for example, some of the things that I was bringing up at the school board meetings here in Springboro are now national everyday issues um, regarding uh, stuff going on in the school systems, the stuff going on in the libraries, all that stuff. Now that we're starting to focus on some of the pornography and shit that's showing up in the school libraries, we need to start um, really bringing up uh, – uh, what's going on in our public libraries? Because many of these public libraries are all run by leftists. So that's a whole other um, can of worms in its own right. And uh, we need to start looking books. I mean, my biggest issue is I don't care what book you want to put in there. I want a countermeasure to it. So if you have a book that talks about what Reagan did as president as a positive thing, then put the one that he didn't do as good as president or as some of the shit was overshadowed. A lot of times all you see is um, – like anti-Reagan books, but you never see anything by Reagan or um, uh, about his what he did in office, for example. Um, another prime example, you don't see any Barry Goldwater's books except for his last book, which is his actual autobiography, which is called Goldwater. So you don't get the conscience of a conservative. You don't get conscience of a majority. You don't get some of his other small booklets that he had produced. A lot of good stuff there. Again, very recognizable and esteemed senator. Presidential candidate, 1964. So, I mean, you know, again, I want to make sure I've got information available that I can go and look. There's a documentary put out by his granddaughter um, about his, her grandfather, and uh, it's very left-leaning, of course. But, uh, again, it gives you a little bit of an insight of what that senator is about. Like you hear in Reagan's speech, a, a call for uh, a time for choosing, um, it actually talks about Senator Fulbright 
William Fulbright was actually a big, big time Democrat senator uh, back in the days in the uh, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And, um, you know, interesting background himself, made a name for himself for sure. But again, I want if you've got writings and stuff, I want to make sure this stuff's available so people could at least read them. Um, that's what have, the ability of having a library card is to be able to go and get stuff and read and uh, educate yourself, you know. The good thing is, at least through interlibrary loaning, if your library doesn't carry it, you can actually go and say, hey, I need to find this book, and they'll go find it for you. Or you can actually go on their own catalogs and look it up um, if they have a fairly extensive network. If not, they can find it and do interlibrary loans so you can get it from like Akron, Ohio or Cleveland or Cincinnati or whatever, and you'll be able to at least get the material you're looking for. But the bottom line is I want to make sure there's always an argument and a counter argument to any historical figure or major issue because of the fact that the truth is always in the middle. So you need to have both sides of the story and realize that there's actually three sides to every story. Okay, so we'll be back after these brief messages, and I'll bring on uh, Harry Hughes and um, get his uh, – it's been a while since he's been on here – and get his take on what's going on uh, with NSM and other things. But most importantly, what's going on the border as he actually is a, is a lookout and reports uh, all sorts of criminal activity to the Border Patrol. So we will definitely be uh, talking with Harry on that and uh, getting his take on the border. So we'll be back right after these brief messages. Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin, just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina is a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com your home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character, where educating both hearts and minds brings about academic excellence. There is a school in American Fork where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. Based on LDS principles and a love of country, now in our 39th year, American Heritage School is accepting fall enrollment for kindergarten through high school. What would you do for your child? Give them an education that will prepare them for life. Located east of the temple in American Fork, American Heritage School is a remarkable and affordable alternative. Visit us, find us online, or in the yellow pages. American Heritage School in American Fork. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyrics to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, 
news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC has fought for the rights and ideals of the European-American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties. The CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington, D.C. to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American-first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one-world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people. Restore the Republic, the social network for the modern revolutionary. Activating the silent masses into action. At RestoreTheRepublic.net, we're seizing power from the globalist world controllers and handing it back to the people. RestoreTheRepublic.net, where patriots rally on the objective. The Liberty Bell tolls once again for a movement on the rise. Make RestoreTheRepublic.net your place to unify and activate the revolution. All right, welcome back to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to the St. Thomas Show, and I am your host, St. Thomas. If you want to call and listen now, it's area code 607-203-5423. It's area code 607-203-5423. Uh, there's a lot of good shows here on the network that you can check out. we got some little bit newer ones. I've uh, been having some technical difficulties on a couple of things. So um, we are trying to get some of that stuff corrected as we speak, and uh, we'll have Nordic Frontier up uh, on a regular basis again shortly afterwards. But uh, the current lineup as we generally set right now, uh, Sundays we have the Kate Daly Show, which is the extra hour featured on um, Alex Jones's uh, InfoWars network. And so I really enjoy her commentary and her – um, she has a pretty good um, guest run as well. 
And um, so she's featured on Sundays. Monday is American Dissonant Voices uh, with Kevin Alfred Strom, which has actually been getting some really, really good uh, listens of the last several months. So he's really starting to resonate with a lot of listeners. We have Fast the Nations on Fascination on Wednesdays now, uh, which is a feature off off, off the right stuff biz. And you go to the uh, second showdown at the Daily Show is Fascination with uh, Jazz Hands McFields and Warren Baylaw. They're members of the National Justice Party. And uh, they get some pretty good speeches there. So you go to uh, nationaljusticeparty.com, uh, I do believe. Um, you can check out many of the speeches there uh, featured from the rallies. Um, the one away on Warren Bailout talked about um, at the beginning of the year of, of last year was really good. That's uh, something I really enjoyed, actually. Um, yes, from May 1st, um, Warren Bailout, the mass expulsion of whites from American cities was a very powerful speech. Um by Warren for sure and I really enjoy um, listening to that because he talked about the huge displacement of people after, in Europe after World War II was incredible but also what was happening here at home at the same time making up for the manpower was all the blacks being forced into American cities and so a uh, very powerful speech there and definitely worth uh, checking out for sure his most recent speech, which I enjoyed as well, is Our White American Nation, and um, some uh, really good stuff there as well. Mike Pinovich has actually had some pretty good speeches, as well as Joseph Jordan. Uh, this is the three main guys that generally regularly, but usually you see Joseph Jordan and Mike Pinovich. You usually speak at each rally, I do believe, from what I've been seeing on the listings here. And... Um, some good stuff also by Greg Conti and uh, another one by Michael McKevitt. Um, he's got some interesting stuff there as well. So, But these are good speeches, uh, very well thought out, very well researched. And uh, like I said, I'm actually a, a fan of Warren's stuff. I think he's a very good public speaker, and he obviously does his homework. So um, no slouch, that's for sure. Okay, so uh, we're going to bring on Harry Hughes. He is the public relations um, person for the National Socialist Movement, uh, which has gone through a lot of uh, changes over the last few years. And uh, we're going to talk some shop with him on what's the uh, current status of NSM, uh, hopefully their activities. I always enjoyed watching their speeches as well because of the fact that when uh, former Commander Jeff Scoop was actually uh, doing stuff as well as I, and actually even Harry's speeches. I enjoyed Harry's stuff uh, when he was able to uh, get some uh, good talking points in from time to time. Or he, a lot of times he's just the MC. But the bottom line is, um, it's good to hear a lot of these groups speak out, um, going to rallies in the streets, trying to convey messages, get stuff out there. Because a lot of times, these are the only ways you can hear some alternate viewpoints. Is basically man on the street with a born, you know could be Alex Jones style, but the bottom line is um, we need heralds. We have to have heralds out there 
to tell us what's going on. I mean, if you ever watched the TV series Rome from the mid 2000s, you had a herald. He was basically the the newsreader that stood on a on a podium and and uh, yelled out uh, the news stories of what was going on in Rome at the time, so people could find out what's happening. So he was essentially the Walter Cronkite of the Roman Republic at, uh, of the time. So again, um, we have people in different capacities and different groups that do a lot of great work and people just want to shine a bad light on them just because they're in a particular group or they're because of their ignorance or because of the brainwashing they're told that if you think in this way that no matter what you say is to be dismissed again unfortunately you get pigeonholed uh because of the fact that again if you're if you're if you're pro pot you're always going to be the pot vote nobody's going to give a shit about you as long as got something to do with pot you know doesn't matter if you have a great idea on how to do banking reform. Shut up, stoner. Nobody wants to hear you. You're just a pot vote. You know? Or shut up, fag. You're the LGBT uh, vote. So you completely marginalize yourself by putting yourself in these subcategories. But that being said, though, um, someone like Harry Hughes I enjoy because of the fact that uh, he is a straight, normal guy. He's also got boots on the ground going firsthand what's going on on the border as well as how bad it's deteriorating, especially over the last several administrations. And the bottom line is he has a pretty good rapport with uh, his local uh, Border Patrol uh, agents and stuff. So that way when he sees things, he can let them know, hey, man, there's something going on here, something going on there, and basically kind of look out. I mean, this is a guy that does it on his own time and his own dime. So, uh, you know, he's doing his duty as an American patriot to be a modern-day Paul Revere if necessary. And, uh, again, uh, the fact he's a, he's a member of NSM should not dismiss anything that he's doing. If anything, I think he does probably more than most of the guys NSM does because he can actually put himself in harm's way of being out there and uh, trying to find out what's going on on the border. But it's always good to hear Harry's uh, viewpoints. I've had him on the show several times over the years in roundtable discussions um, as well as uh, just by himself. He's just a pretty nice guy, man, just his own dude. So, Harry, welcome back to the St. Thomas Show. Good evening, Sonny. Yeah, I always enjoy you, brother. Like I said, I was, I was looking through some um, archive stuff that I had on my one of my hard drives recently because I was uh, reformatting an older one. And uh, as I was going back through it, I found the, um, the one that we did uh, in Kentucky a few years ago. And you were kind of the MC introducing everybody and stuff. And... Um, uh, I have to say, man, it was nice when you were getting ready to introduce me because you, you just had a smile on your face the whole time. You are getting ready to, to bring me up and stuff and kind of lead me in a little bit, and I appreciate that very much. But like I said, I got a huge amount of respect for you because of the fact that um, you know the basics of public relations. You know how hard it can be sometimes trying to get your point across. But more importantly, there's many things that you do as an American patriot that I think overshadows all that. And um, you going on the border and keeping an eye on things that's going on there and trying to let the powers be know that, uh, hey, man, I've got eyes on the ground for you and stuff. Um, it, it, I'm sure you build a good rapport with your local Border Patrol agents, correct? Yeah, I don't have any problems with those uh, agents or the, the county sheriff. In fact, most of the time, it, it's really friendly. There's been only one instance where uh, we actually got stopped. Uh, my wife and I were down uh, along the Mexican border and the Oregon Pipe National Monument, and we got stopped by the the National Park Service, and they kind of held us up for about 45 minutes there checking us out. But uh, for the most part, it's very informal and casual, 
Uh, have you seen anything? Is the usually the question that's asked. Uh, the, and my, my sheriff's office here is, uh, hey, I have a constitutional sheriff here, and uh, good. they leave us alone. Oh, good. And they're, and they're well familiar of your affiliation, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, I think their computer, when they read my license plate, tells them right away. It probably flashes of all kinds of bell, bells and whistles and things. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they they know who they're talking to. Yeah, that that's funny shit. Yeah, but, you know, obviously they may not agree with your ideology, but they obviously like you and they like what you're doing. So, um, you know, as much as I try to paint you with a broad brush, you are a man of many colors, brother. So I got to tip a hat off to you, man. Well, I wear many hats. And, uh, you know, uh, our strategy down here is presence is deterrence. So because uh, we are limited to what we can legally do. So uh, a lot of right. what we perform are, you know, not what we call interdictions, but uh, – you know, setting up uh, the uh, choke points of things and, and discouraging uh, cross-border traffic. So um, let's kind of go kind of back to the beginning a little bit. Um, you are the uh, uh, public relations for National Socialist Movement, uh, which is one of the two factions from the original American Nazi Party that uh, uh, Commander Rockwell had started. Uh, the New Order is, is the other branch. Uh, the NSM had been really visual the last several years leading up into Charlottesville and as well as many other groups that were also there at Charlottesville. I had the honor and privilege to be able to not only film that whole event, but also be able to interact with many of the groups as well. And um, even just generally just to be able to be in the inner circles a little bit uh, enough just to talk shop and, and share ideas. So I'm always appreciative of that. But the main thing I saw was I did not see uh, any organized hate. I did not see any bullshit. I saw different factions of, of more hard-edged right groups coming together uh, for purpose of um, standing up for a symbol, which is Robert E. Lee, which is still, you cannot, no bones about it, one of the greatest Americans that ever lived, one of the best generals we've ever had, and a true patriot, not only for really his country, but for Virginia. I mean, just as much a patriot or Virginia as much as George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, or even James Madison. So, I mean, and not, and not to mention uh, he comes from impressive lineage himself with uh, Light Horse uh, Harry Lee. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious that um, he was one of the best military men we've ever produced in this country. And he made a decision, he did admit afterwards, that if he would have known some of the things that would have happened afterwards, he would have not surrendered Appomattox. He would have kept on going until they ran out. i uh, got to give him credit for that. But um, we are going down and try to help uh, uh, save that statue. And um, but more importantly, what they, what they wanted to do was stop the speeches that were scheduled by noon that day. Because, like, I've, I've done rallies myself, and some people ask, well, how many people are going to be there? I don't give a damn if there's two or 2,000, dude. You talk like there's 20,000 because eventually millions will see your video when it goes up to the Internet. So it doesn't matter who's there at the moment, just like any other concert. you know. If you put on a great performance, people will see it. So, and again, you've, you've emceed a lot of rallies yourself, Harry, and um, a lot of crazy shit that you've probably had stories you could sit down and talk to hours about. Of some of the shit you've seen, but that particular day in Charlottesville, we hope to at least a, a, 
a good outcome from that, or were you hoping that um, at least that uh, the speeches would be recorded like I was hoping? Well, I was hoping there'd be some recording. Uh, I was actually doing a doing a show that day from uh, my office here when that was taking place. I was uh, mm-hmm. actually doing a play-by-play uh, from all the video I was getting from it, and I was really hoping that you know there would be some opportunity for the uh, you know the speeches and things. And uh, going into it, I saw what was happening, and it looked like the uh, you know the you know the Charlottesville had a real bad attitude about uh, the outcome of the uh, the court case where the judge had uh, you know ordered uh, the preservation of free speech and they got upset and uh, I, I think they enacted what I'll call Operation Spoiled Sport and created this situation. In fact, the 200-page report I read put the blame right on the police and the and the mayor's office. Unfortunately. But not that, but I, I did. I I didn't notice it at first, but um, I heard some I heard some stories afterwards. And when I went back and looked at the footage myself, um, there was a federal lookout on top of those uh, rooftops. As a matter of fact, uh, possibly even agent provocateurs. Uh, I mean, there was definitely provocateurs on the ground. That's for sure. Trying to elicit a prescribed response. But I did see some stuff on the rooftop after I looked at my footage. Um, afterwards, I'm like, oh wow, there is somebody up there. And so they're basically um, spotting. I, I can't recall if they're actually looking through rifles, but they're definitely looking through scopes. So they're they're uh, coordinating something uh, on the ground or somewhere else because obviously it fell apart really quick before noon. And and they were determined to shut that down, push us out in the streets so that way to get us to fight with the uh, disorderlies there, and then uh, march us down the street uh, and try to get us accosted all the way out of the park area. So, like I said, it was definitely a historical moment, and I'm glad to have been there. But I got to see a lot of independent uh, uh, media there. A couple of them I recognized. A couple of them I, I talked to. Uh, Miller Weaver, who was reporting for Infowars at the time, was very objective. And um, I thought her observations were very accurate. She did not pick a side. She didn't agree with either side, but uh, she was very accurate in her reporting. And I had a lot of respect for her. And so uh, I was like, wow. We actually got some decent media these days because where are the days of the um, investigative journalists we used to see back in the 70s and 80s? You know, but those days are long gone because the media is so so controlled now. Right, those days are over. Uh, it's uh, we got a propaganda ministry. We don't have journalism anymore. Yeah, we don't have any Mario Machado in in New York in Los Angeles. That you can count on to give an honest report. He's long gone. So I mean, you know, it, it's it's all controlled because they make sure you, you do what we tell us to tell you to do if you want a paycheck. And of course, the uh, the mockingbird stuff. You've seen you've seen the compilations on YouTube where they have um, news broadcasts from all over the United States repeating word for word every piece of dialogue, just like a mockingbird. I mean, it's absolutely sick to see how controlled the media is. Case journalism. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Pretty, pretty sad stuff. So, w- what is the story with NSM? Because I know some there's been some change in leadership for the last few years. Uh, there's some rumors going one direction. There's bogus uh, news reports on the other. So, my impression is NSM is still up and running um, and still doing their thing. So, uh, who who is the current leadership for NSM? Well, we've 
We did have a leadership change. Jeff Scoop is out. James Hart Stern, the black guy, was never in. Uh, Bert Colucci is the current commander. And um, mm-hmm. we just made uh, international news yesterday. So we're, we're still busy. Um, a, a few of our members and supporters uh, actually went to Manhattan onto Broadway and protested a Broadway play about Leo Frank. And uh, uh, nice. that really uh, – that really upset the apple cart and uh, New York <laughs> Times, Daily News, New York Post, uh, NSM, uh, all these outlets picked it up. So we had a international story uh, just showing up uh, to protest a play. And uh, we also had a uh, one of those drag queen story hours we had shut down in Orlando uh, last nice. month. Uh, all we had to do is say we're coming and uh, they – went ahead and canceled that, and uh, some of our guys still showed up. So when we say we're going someplace, we go. So we've been, you know, uh, doing that, and I'm still down here on the border doing my thing. So uh, we're still uh, out there engaging uh, the public in, in person, and our, our media platform is also taking off too. I'm on every week, and we have a, a lineup of uh, video and audio programming as well. So what is the web address for the main website? Uh, NSM88.org. Okay, I'm looking at it here. Oh, yeah, you guys have uh, done a whole new um, website rebuild. It looks nice and clean now. Yes, we uh, got rid of the 1990s vintage stuff and uh, put in a new platform. We do our our broadcast directly off the website. There, There are no terms of service. So we have ultimate free speech. Uh, there's also a, a, a place on there for our web visitors to put in their two cents if they wish. Uh, uh, so uh, it, it's a fairly open setup, and uh, we've been running this uh, uh, for a couple of years now, and it's working out very well for us. Yeah, like I said, um, it looks nice and clean. Uh, i got some nice little interactive video footage. Um Popping up there, like I said, still looks impressive. Uh, see, you went back to the swastika and got rid of the Othala room. Yes, uh, we tried with and without. Now we're back to with. Uh, uh, not going to call us Nazis no matter what. Uh, if you have a suit and tie on, you're, I, I was part of an organization back in the, you know, like 2006 or seven, and they called us suit and tie Nazis and. So it doesn't really make any difference. So we leave the swastika out there, and that tends to, uh, well, it worked out pretty good for us so far. Uh, uh, one of our actions was up in Detroit. Uh, a few of our members uh, attended a, a, a gay pride uh, march, and uh, they had a swastika on a, like a 15-foot pole. And, uh, again, it was an international news story after that. So it's an attention getter. Yeah, it's good to see you guys are still um, still visible. That's for sure. Um, have you by chance seen Europa: The Last Battle documentary yet? I haven't seen that yet. Oh wow, it's uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, go to Europa: The Last Battle dot net, and um, it, it's it's definitely if, you, if you've seen any of Dennis Wise's films as well as Kyle Hunt's. Um, Hellstorm. This is definitely the next step um, in that evolution to really understand how we've been lied to 
over the last century. And um, uh, I've been, I think I got through part six or part seven. And I've watched it a couple weeks, but I'm looking forward to going back to it again. But once you click on the website, there's a link on the right that says watch Europa on archive.org. You click on that. And when you scroll down, you can either watch it um, as it is uploaded, um, or you go to download options, maybe perhaps pick MPEG-4. There's 11 files. You can download them all at once, or you can download them individually. And um, I tell you, it's worth the time because uh, a lot of people I've talked to have seen Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told, and they've been more woken by that one documentary than any 9-11 truth movement um, thing at all. So I think that says a lot that uh, people are going, hey, man, I was never – I never learned this shit in school because they didn't want you to know about it. And so um, it's, it, it, it's interesting because of the fact that since NSM follows the same ideology for the most part as the original German uh, – National Socialist German Workers Party, um, I think it's very valid that people not only watch Greatest Story Ever Told but watch Europa because – it really shows you just how evil the Bolsheviks are, as well as uh, the stuff that they did and the the cause and effect of the economies and stuff and why someone like Hitler would have been on the rise. And so it gives you much more appreciation as a head of state that he was, that he would have done many of the things that he did. And he made a promise to the German people. He says, give me four years. And if this doesn't work out, I'll leave just as I came. And he had the economy back up and running full employment in two years. That says a lot, Harry. Absolutely. You know that term fake news that we hear a lot? Well, just imagine how bad they've done history. So it's good to you know, check out other sources of information and you know what happened and why. The big question is why. A lot of completely avoided when they're calling you an anti-Semite. <laughs> right. Well, like I said, because um, I like hearing different groups um, express their views, and I've seen a lot of a lot of these hard right groups have some very good points. And and again, a lot of them may not all agree with each other, but again, I like the variety of points so that way I can kind of make my own uh, decision about an issue because of the fact that I can hear okay. NSM says this, this group says that, that group over there says this. The truth is definitely somewhere in the middle. And uh, I think more and more people at least open themselves up to different viewpoints. The best part is it's taking posts from sites of, like yours and posting on social media, like, for example, National Vanguard. They've gotten well over millions of views uh, on a regular basis now because of people like me, possibly you and others, that post many stories from that website and uh, also they have an aha moment, especially when it comes to Martin Luther King, the, the fraud that he is and things like that. People start really start looking at things and says, you know, we've only been given one side of a story all the time, but these guys have a different take and it makes perfect sense to me. That's true. Yeah. The, uh, the, the left was instrumental in you know, feeding us a false narrative for our entire lives. And, uh, uh, for a lot of people, it's kind of tough. To, the tough pill to swallow when they find out that uh, you know your life's a whole lie, you know, one after another. So, um, you know, but you know, all these documentaries and these uh, historical accounts all seem reasonable uh, when you 
take the emotional thing out of it because that's what they want. They want you to knee jerk and not think about what they're shoveling at you. Okay. So what, what's some of your viewpoints about the, some of the, the, the craziness going on? I mean, obviously, we know that um, we know Biden is a king. That's for sure. Bottom line is, instead of even looking at what's happening here in East Ohio, he's spending our money and giving it to Ukraine, which we've had a lot of reports saying that a lot of the money is either not being used as, as they said it was, or the weapons that have been sent have been stolen. Um, he's got multiple houses. Hell, even though it's a house in Florida, for fuck's sake. So, I mean, this Zelensky, who, uh, by the way, is a Jew, um, is just completely uh, just pissing all over the American taxpayer and stealing our money. Not to mention Pelosi, uh, Romney, all these guys have family members that are funneling their cash through that and doing laundry. So, what are your thoughts on some of the shit that's going on over there in, in uh, the eastern section of Europa? Well, right, right off the bat, I go back to Smedley Butler. All wars are bankers' wars. And that's what I see happening here. I see, you know, essentially white Russians or white Ukrainians being sent to slaughter while the, uh, the banking institutions uh, on the back of the U.S. taxpayer are, are getting filthy rich. Uh, this is why they got Trump out of the way. They wanted a war, and they got one. And mm -hmm. – um, you know, this, this thing for being so hard up for our dollars is, you know, got me like, well, why? why if, they, if they're in this war, why are they selling all this gear on eBay? Uh, Ukraine is selling military gear, supplies, uh, rations, tools, equipment. They're selling this stuff on eBay. Yet we're sending them billions of dollars. Uh, so I got an issue right there. You know, it's out, it's out in plain view. Um why is this happening? If they are, you know, embattled and losing this war and need money, how come they're selling their stuff? Yeah, like you said it's, uh, and, and plus the fact that we're trying to get like uh, the tanks and stuff like this. I mean, this is going to turn into a hot war, and it's going to turn out of control real fast. Uh, exactly, this is escalating, and uh, you know. Uh, I, again, this is why I think they got Trump out of the way is because you know, we had four years of relative peace, and uh, well, Halliburton, Raytheon, uh, Boeing, and all these large corporations uh, saw an opportunity to, uh, you know, kick up a hot war. They've got it, and uh, it's turned into a vacuum. It's sucking sucking money out of our economy into the pockets of uh, people who don't deserve it. Well, my biggest thing is um, uh, I wish Putin would just take the gloves off and, and, and stop faffing around. You know, I mean, he needs to go out there and just start whooping some ass. It's pretty obvious that I understand he may have a certain things that he's shooting for, and he's got two particular provinces he wants control of that is on his border. I get it. But he needs to stop pussyfooting around and just bring the hammer down and get this shit over with because not only is it draining resources, but at the same stroke, um, it, it's – the thing that gets me is when Zelensky came to Congress and all these congressmen signed that damn Ukrainian flag, I, I said, anyone that signed that flag should be charged with, with sedition and treason right there because they just sold out the American public and also showed who their true loyalty is. Yeah, they, they sold us down the river. You know, the, 
you know, we're paying for it. Uh, every time we go to the store, the gas pump, you know, we are, we're paying a tax on this and, uh, uh, it needs to, you know, and apparently, uh, you know, they don't want it to end because it's a, it's a cash cow. Uh, they did the same thing with the COVID thing as well. This is a cash cow and they're still trying to milk it and they're going to milk this for <laughs> until they bleed us dry. So what are your, some of your thoughts about the, um, I'm assuming you definitely believe that the, the shit going on there in Arizona is out of control as far as their election cycle. I mean, it's pretty obvious They've got a dirty system there, and not only did 2020 show it, but 2022 really showcased it as well. That it not only it not only got worse, but it's pretty obvious Carrie Lake got screwed. But it looks like she's finally might be getting her day, at least in the Arizona Supreme Court. And if that doesn't pan out, she's probably going to take it to the big house. But I don't know if it's going to happen after that. But uh, she can't even consider to think about running for Senate or anything else because the fact that the system's broken there, Maricopa County especially. Uh, right. And, you know, our court system, our election system, uh, all these all these unelected uh, positions have been filled with the wrong people. And uh, I saw this coming. You know, right off the bat, uh, Katie Hobbs didn't want to debate Carrie Lake. Well, this, this sounds familiar. Well, we're not going to actively campaign. We're going to hide the basement, kind of like Joe Biden did. So, yeah, I, I was pretty sure the fix was already in. And, you know, this is – and then when there's a lack of transparency and when the, when we have opposing sides not wanting transparency, that, that should send up the red flags to everyone. But, um, you know, there was a horrible malfunction. And I, I talked about this on my own show going into the primaries in August of last year because they came up here in my county, which is a lot smaller than Maricopa County. They came up with like 6,000 ballots short. They ran out of paper and all these other problems and things. And they said, oh, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. Just move along. Everything's okay. It's working as planned. And uh, we go into election day and bam, you know, people were stuck, you know, uh, no ballots and machines kicking out, rejecting votes and things. And uh, this whole thing with absentee and mail-in voting is a train wreck. Uh, you end up with more ballots than you have voters. Ah, yeah. uh, those are head scratcher for you. Yeah, how does that work out, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we should go back to a more primitive voting system where you, you know, do a paper ballot. You got to dip your thumb in the unwashable ink. It doesn't come off for three or four days and, that way, we make sure only one person votes <laughs> for that. So, um, well, isn't that, isn't that one of the know, big victories that we had in Iraq? Was that when we brought democracy to that sand heap? That that was the thing that they did to dip their finger in, in, in uh, indigo ink. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's where they did it. And so, if a third world country can do this, I would think the United States, which is quickly becoming a third world country could do the same thing. So there's an interesting story that's also going around your neck of the woods as well. Uh, Arizona rancher charged with murder of Mexican man was hunting migrants at AK-47, prosecutors say. Prosecutors alleged that Kelly hunted the group of men with his gun and made numerous alterations to his story when he later spoke with law enforcement. Um, are you familiar with this story at all? I've been watching it rather closely because, well, I go to the desert and I carry a rifle and 
sometimes I see bad guys out there. So this 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 hits kind of close to home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this this rancher has had a problem, and I, I put the full blame on the current administration and the, probably the two or three previous ones as well, because this has been allowed to occur. Now, unfortunately, uh, our rancher has made some mistakes, like he talked and uh, said something about warning shots, which you probably shouldn't do. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've been at this border thing, armed patrols, since 2009, and this topic's come up amongst our our, our group's uh, conversations is, what do you do? And we came to the conclusion way back in 2010 that no matter what we do, no matter how right we are, if we got involved in some kind of conflict or engagement with armed cartel, we were still going to be wrong. Um, you know, there's, you know, what do you do? Well, you do what you have to do. In some cases, that may, might be the three S's, uh, shoot, shovel, and shut up, or, uh, you know, find some other, you know, it's, diff- it's a difficult situation when you have armed people who are foreign nationals who are engaged in, uh, you know, transnational crime. What do you do? Yeah, like I said, I remember uh, reading a lot of stories about a lot of ranchers who were getting murdered on their own properties, and um, there was never any uh, any recourse for them, and their families had to suffer losing a loved one. So, I mean, this has been going on for a while. As a matter of fact, there was a couple of really good uh, documentaries that came out about 20 years ago. Uh, in the mid 2000s, early to mid 2000s, one was called Border, and the other was called Border War, and uh, basically, as a Greg Simmerlink, I think, it was with the Minutemen, he uh, he tagged along for the one documentary, and we got to see a lot of interesting stuff happen right there on the border. And then there's Border War, where they basically have like a couple of uh, like against it, and one one is a pro. And what's interesting is they had this one woman; she was. Uh, Pro, uh, uh, you know, illegal immigration, this, that, and the other. And then the interviewer looked and says, do you know about the trophy trees? She's like, what are those? It's like, oh, well, that's where these coyotes and smugglers <laughs> come in. They take these girls and they deflower them, and they make them throw their panties up on a tree to let the next coyote go, hey, look how many I, I bagged and tagged. And so um, her instincts as a woman kicked in, and she did a complete 180. She's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to close the border. I mean, this is outrageous what's happening. And it's interesting when you when you put something that they know they can totally relate to, all of a sudden the reality kicks in as well as even perhaps even embarrassment. So I mean it's like these left wingers don't realize what happens. I mean I've seen stories where people were assaulted by illegal aliens and they demanded that they uh, that that they don't get justice. You know that they don't. Uh, uh, have anything too harsh on them. One, one lady got killed was in San Francisco. They had run a cake shop or something. Some illegal uh, dragged her along with cars and shit and, 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 and ended up killing her or whatever. And she asked that um, that that the the, um, the punishment on her not be severe. And, and uh, on him, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I, I was like, and these people abided by her wishes. I'm like, you know what? Fine. This lefty wants to die by an illegal alien. She got what she wanted. Well, being soft on this has done nothing but make it worse. Um, uh, all, all the uh, current 
schemes like busing these people all, all over the country, $400 a night rooms at, at Times Square, uh, uh, cell phones, and uh, all these meals and things. So, you know, it, it's made it worse. Um, you know, we have unsentenced, unconvicted jail inmates in this country, thousands of them, who are treated way worse than these people. And uh, making their stay here pleasant only encourages more to come over here. And we have tens of thousands of sex crimes committed by illegal aliens in this country. The incarceration rate of foreign nationals in this country is skyrocketing. Uh, Down here where I live, uh, uh, illegal aliens taken into custody, some 30% of them have criminal records in the United States uh, not pertaining to the border crossing. Uh, so uh, they're definitely not sending us their best. And to continue to pander to these people and show them a good time only makes more show up. Uh, well, down here in Yuma, for example, uh, uh, just between the 11th and 15th of February, some 2,200 people from 35 different countries showed up. And um, they just sit there by the fence and wait for the Border Patrol Uber to come pick them up and take them to some nice place so they can get a shower, get some meals, some uh, courtesy of the bankrupt hospital down there in Yemen, some $20 million in the hole because of this. And uh, we're supposed to just let this happen and uh, continue, not to mention the fentanyl problem with the, you know, some 107,000 overdoses, dead, dead Americans because of the, the narcotics coming up here. So, uh, you know, we, we have to go bare knuckles. Uh, we, we can't be soft. And, um, you know, we can't fix this by handing them bus tickets. Uh, we need to have mass de- de- deportations. Send them back. Um, it's as simple as that. It's unsustainable. Yeah, and, and, and it's a Clara Pittman strategy on steroids where they want to bring them in and then overwhelm the uh, welfare services. That way they collapse and so they could be federalized, which is the end of state sovereignty because – once those systems start to collapse, just like we see California is on the verge of it, as well as uh, Illinois, what's interesting is is that uh, there is actually a movement to start a 51st state called New California, where a majority of the, the uh, counties in California want to break away from the actual California state. They've already sent two delegates to Washington, so I think it's pretty interesting but then we're going to have a compromise. What's going to happen is, okay, fine, we'll break up California, whatever. But that means someone will jump up there and be just like the Missouri Compromise. Like, oh, that means you're going to have to have Puerto Rico come in as a 52nd state so it's even. So it's like, ah, oh, man, that means more Democrat senators by default in Congress. And so what, is, what has actually been done here? Completely unhinged, unbalanced, and a tilted system, which within one generation – Republicans will not have any major offices on national level. I think you and I can both see that clearly for what it is. I think that's that time is about here. I I have very little confidence in 2024 already, seeing what's happened in 2020, 2022. So um, we're I think we're already at that tipping point, and uh, I'm under the uh, you know, the thought that more government means more problems because that's why we're at this point is because mm-hmm. we keep getting more government to take over 
uh, meddle in our affairs and uh, as states. Uh, you know, the federal government's umbrella is, is ever widening, and it's going to it's unbelievable what they've done. Uh, down here in Arizona, we tried to do, thing, do things with this border, like with SB 1070 back in 2010. Well, the Supreme Court butchered that. You know, it was called the show me your papers state. Well, you know, uh, if I get pulled over, guess what I have to do? Show my papers. So what's, what's, uh, what's the, the problem here? Well, because they didn't have any. That's why. But uh, this is, uh, you know, breaking up states, uh, giving Puerto Rico statehood, uh, that just guarantees a, a, a you know, leftist majority. And I'm not going to call them Democrats anymore. I mean, we've gone almost full communist with this party. And, um, you know, it, it's very hard to be a moderate going up, a ra- going up against a radical leftist. So that's kind of why I'm at where I'm at politically with the NSM, because they're, they're radical. And to go up against a radical leftist, you've got to be way on the other side of the right to uh, be able to have any kind of, you know, bashing of the bashing heads here because, uh, you know, there's no future of being moderate with these people. They're look how they're insane. Uh, look what look what they put in the cabinet, for example. Um, we got a baggage thief. We got one of the village people out there and uh, put on a show in Ohio this morning. It's like, what's going on? This is nuts. <laughs> wow. So, what are your predictions? On um, on what's going to happen in 2024. Well, let's go start with this year. Because like I said, that Michael Young brought us some varied things. He's talking about there are serious um, issues of, of potential famine because we're seeing all these processing plants, chicken plants, and all sorts of stuff all of a sudden just exploding out of nowhere. I mean, all sorts of crazy shit going on. The stuff that happened in Palestine. I mean, what are some of the things that you're going to see that is going to be a serious calamity in this in this year? Well, I see a lot of chaos and confusion. We're going to continually get fed lots of bad information. They'll they'll try to kick in another disease for us to submit to, and because uh, they they did so well with the uh, the last scam, so they're going to probably do another one just like it, plus uh, escalating warfare in Ukraine. So I don't know. Um, I see life getting more expensive for all of us. We're going to have to. Be ex- we're going to be expected to put more into the kitty. We're going to have less. And um, I have zero confidence in our judicial and our election system at this point. At this point, So, uh, you know, it's, you know, like with 2020, I, I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump had, had an overwhelming landslide, but they, they, they took it from him, like they did to Cary Lake here in Arizona. And so no matter who runs for president in 2024, I expect the Democrat to win. Unless they fix something, and we have, uh, you know, the the Romneys and the and the, the Mitch McConnell types out there who just keep their mouth shut and look the other way while all this stuff goes on under their watch. Uh, that's that's some crazy shit. So what, what about 2024? Because I mean, obviously, um, if we don't have a serious economic collapse, because already I saw on top of Bonjean report this evening that uh, unless there is a debt ceiling. They could have a serious issue uh, by the summer or even by the fall. So, I mean, and we don't want to raise the debt ceiling because all we keep doing is kicking the can down the road, and eventually it's going to bite us in the ass. So, I mean, I, I encourage people to at least make sure that they uh, they do some serious prepping, that's for sure. 
But the bottom line is you want to make sure you've got contingency plans in place because when it's when it starts and goes, it's gonna it's gonna take off very quickly, and it's actually going to um, metastasize in a way we don't want to happen. So everybody needs to make sure they got a bug out plan in place. What are your thoughts, Harry? Well, I've always been in, into preparedness, and yeah, we have uh, bug out gear here. We have the ability to sustain ourselves for an extended period of time without uh, well, having to go to the grocery store. Uh, I'm not a minimus, but I've been living with less lately. Uh, I've learned how to do that very well. I also mm-hmm. made it a point to live outside the city limits in an agricultural area, so uh, there are options here. Uh, you know, I own my own land. I can farm on it if I have to. Uh, you know, there's like I said, I live in an agricultural area, so People in the city don't have that option or that luxury, and they got these suburbs set up now where they can just seal them off, keep people trapped in their own homes. So um, I don't know. Uh, that's a bad place to be. And uh, yeah, I, I would suggest uh, you know having extra supplies. Uh, Water is a big thing down here in the West. They fight over that all the time. So having water and food are critical. Uh, electricity and you know, that, that could probably be done without if we have to. Uh, even down here, as hot as it gets, we could still probably live without it. But, uh, you know, I see with uh, our demographics, the population, I don't see us being able to keep up with the population increase, you know, just that alone. Uh, all these people coming across the border who are having children every nine months uh, to keep up with this. We're going we're gonna to have rationed power. We're going to have, uh, uh, you know, days you can't drive because of traffic congestion. Uh, we're going to have all these things. And, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in our system to improve anything uh, because once a politician fixes a problem, they become irrelevant and no longer needed. So, uh, right. yeah, they're going to keep the problem. <laughs> they're going to they're keep the problem. You know, it's like the doctor. If you cure the patient, you lose a customer. Yeah. That, that's true. You know that, but how many uh, how many people we've seen in antiquity, all throughout history, who rose to the top because of of uh, dangerous situation, whatever, and they um, they took care of the problem, and then as soon as the issue was done, they were quickly dismissed. I mean, everyone from uh, Themistocles all the way up to uh, Winston Churchill. So I mean, it's pretty obvious that. Um, uh, that you're again, you're only good for one thing, one thing only. You're a one trick pony, and then uh, they quickly boot you to the side. So, you know, it it's getting to be like that here, too. I mean, we don't see senators that really step up and actually are power players like they were even 30, 40 years ago. I mean, pretty much they're all just a bunch of meat puppets, man. I just use their, their, their seats to. They shine seats in Congress is what they do. They, you know, even if they show up you know, or are awake, they, they're just occupying space, and uh, they tend to vote in line with their donorship. And uh, uh, to hell with we the people for the most part. I'll tell you, it seems like either way, everybody needs to make sure they've got contingency plans in place to take care of themselves or their immediate family because I think shit's going to hit the fan. And we're definitely going to see it in our lifetime, that's for sure, brother. Right, yeah, I always have an alternate plan. Uh, I mean, 
people who live in town, you're probably not going to bug out very far. So you, because they're not going to let you leave. So, right. uh, you know, it's good to, you know, you know, have extra food, water, canned goods is always good. Have, if you even have a limited amount of space, though, you could grow food in five gallon buckets and potting soil. So there's something else to think about as well. You know, if you have a, even an apartment with a balcony, you can have a small garden up there and uh, grow things. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot, a lot of people do that. Plus, uh, we need to learn some of the old canning techniques that our grandparents did and stuff uh, from the Depression era because they uh, they really learned to stretch a buck. Because back then, they knew the value of a dollar. Nowadays, people don't really give a damn. It's like they don't think twice about spending dollar, three dollars on a freaking candy bar. It's like, are you are you kidding me? It's like spend money on something that's a little bit more nutritious and wholesome, or or don't spend any money at all. You know. Yeah, I, I said I worked at a number of jobs. I was usually in a management position. And I watched my subordinates and my coworkers, you know, they get their check, they're they're gone and the money they got three bucks left in their their pocket and then they piss it away. And it's like, you know, yeah, they don't understand. And you now I've always been about squirreling away, you know, nickels and dimes even sometimes to, you know, keep things going here and uh you know in fact, I've even sewed holes in socks just to not have to go buy another pair. You know that that's, um, that's right. you know making getting getting by, making do with what you have. You know I've I've been doing things that are kind of low tech for a long time, and uh, you know we're going to have to readapt. Uh, people who are overly dependent on technology may have to quickly adapt to not having it someday. And um, I feel I'm a little more prepared than most people. I was a guy that the I was on summer vacation from school. It's the end of August, and, you know, school's going to start in a week or 10 days, and there I am in the kitchen breaking beans and doing canning with my parent, my mother. You know, it was a chore we had to do. So mm-hmm. uh, some of them skills, some of those skills I learned back then will, will come back into play someday. Yeah, definitely. And, again, we need to make sure that we, we teach our children – our nieces and nephews these things too, because a lot of these skills are lost. I mean, I was just having a discussion this evening. There was a young guy, he's either in New England or in England. I don't remember where he was exactly, but I saw him jeans and t-shirts since he was like 14, 15 years old. He actually is more partial to clothing from the 19th century. And not only that, but he said there are so many ways on how those, that clothing was made. The, the skills have been lost. And so he's actually been able to get some of the vintage stuff, um, look at it very closely, see how it's sewn, how it's pieced together. Uh, None of that, but you look at – we've been wearing suits, shirts, and ties for over a century, man. And it's like that look is so old and dated, you know. You you look at guys back in the cowboy times, and they have a variety of clothes, you know, with a vest or a ribbon for a tie or – just the way they wear their hats, not only does it make them stand out, but it gives them um, much more uh, of an identity because, you know, some guys looked at certain ways and stuff. And that's been lost with the corporate world where everybody's having to wear suits and ties. And so I think some of that old style look and stuff, I think people should maybe consider taking up some of that again because of the fact that um, it makes men look more like men, that's for sure. You don't look like some cutout in some suit. The old school dressing myself. Actually, I have a uh, 
it's winter time down here, even in Arizona, we get some cold weather. And I got like a, a pea coat and I have like a fedora and I, I walk into the grocery store looking semi sharp and people notice. You know, so I kinda like it. It's it's sharp. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear my pajamas to the store like a lot of people do. Yeah, it, it, it's not like you're going to just like Paul, you know, the alien wearing a cowboy hat, trying not to sweat inside the souvenir store. <laughs> I've never ever seen that movie, man, but it's actually kind of entertaining, that's for sure. Anyway, I, I think it's just called Paul, uh, little little green man from Mars or whatever, lands here, and it, it's actually comical as hell. I hit some funny shit. Sigourney Weaver's in it, too. She's actually a bad guy. It's wow. funny. But yeah, it's uh, I know. missed. It's it's I missed huge. That it's, one it's too. one of those movies I I caught uh on a Saturday afternoon, and no matter how much I was like, man, I just can't turn this movie off. As much as I want to flip the channel, I said, no, I'm kind of curious to see what happens now. So it was actually a cute movie, man. It's funny. Ugh. I'll have to try to look out for it because uh, I don't do cable or satellite. I don't do Netflix. I have a one of them. TV antennas on my roof, and uh, I get these rerun channels. I can even watch the Untouchables and some of this stuff on rerun now. And it's okay, oh, um, like me TV type of thing. Yes, yeah, I, I get Saturday morning cartoons still. Uh, <laughs> the nice thing is the commercial. The commercials aren't so bad. You know, my, my wife and I uh, will go someplace uh, and stay in a hotel, and the hotel TV has terrible commercials. It's you know, it's it's actually sickening sometimes, but uh, you know, we come back home and turn on the rerun channel, and there's like, you know, I don't like commercials, but they're better than the ones at the hotel. <laughs> well, not only that, but the commercials have gotten so obvious. I mean, probably ninety percent of the ones I see now, they're all feature blacks, and they, and they're always put them into some sort of middle class looking home that you could definitely tell was decorated by the white person. I mean, because blacks have a totally different sense of color than white people do, and they don't decorate their houses like that. A typical European-American would, even with a modern look, would, would you know, decorate their houses like this. A lot of blacks wouldn't decorate their houses like they have in the commercials, and so they make it look like they all do. And if it's not all black families, they always make sure there's a black male and a white female, even if they're just buddies. But they do it for projection purposes. Right. Yeah. One of the funniest ones I saw was blacks camping. Uh, you know, I like to do that <laughs> out and something you just don't see out in the woods. <laughs> and like um, bear, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's just yeah. They they the situations are unrealistic, and uh, I think part of the angle is I think it's easier to 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 get money out of the blacks than it is the whites. So they try to market their products towards them because, well, I mean, uh, you look at the rate of black home ownership versus white home ownership, that means they're buying more bling <laughs> than uh, you know, property. So I, I think part of the marketing is, well, well they, they're easier to take. Uh, so like they target these people. Plus, uh, you know, it's also a brainwashing scheme for, you know, white America. Here you go. It's okay to mix. And, uh, it's normal, and uh, well, uh, it's anything but normal. So I go to that supermarket wearing my fedora, and there's there's grandma with the little uh, mulatto kids in the cart. They don't look very happy. 
children made a horrible mistake and grandma and grandpa are left pushing them around in a cart at the store. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all part of the scheme. You know, it's a demographic warfare against white America between our marketing, advertising, immigration, uh, you know, and, and everything else. It's, um, Hopefully people will wake up soon. <laughs> yeah, but that that that's the thing too. A lot of these um movies are, are bombing because they're they're anti American, plus they a lot of them have an anti white agenda. That's why the new Top Gun was did so well, because that film was actually shot a few years before and uh it's been sitting on the shelf because of COVID and shit. Because I remember going to Walmart and start seeing all these Top Gun t shirts start popping up in there and that's because they thought the new movie was coming out, and it got delayed. So it finally came out last year, and it's not bad. I mean, if you want to compare Top Gun as a 10, I'd say the new one is maybe a 7. The the funniest thing I thought about it was is the fact that um, they actually let him crack on his age. And to me, that actually kind of diminishes Cruz because of the fact that he looks pretty damn good for his age. I kind of did the math. I looked at what his age was. So he was probably 57 when he shot that movie. But he didn't look that bad. But um, the thing is, I think it, it's also a disgrace to whites because of the fact that uh, it shouldn't matter what your age is. His particular character had a natural gift. That's why he took the risks and stuff because he knew he could uh, he could do it. He, he had a talent for flying. And so I think it diminishes him. When they let people start, you know, belittle him about his age, or maybe you should stop doing this and start doing that. I mean, the, the guy obviously has uh, uh, his lot in life, you know what I mean? And so I think it's kind of degrading on whites because of the fact that um, we should never even let age slow us down, you know, unless it really af- affects your efficiency to do something safely. You should never give up. And keep going as long as you can, as long as you're able to. I mean, look at some of the rockers that still kept going. I mean, Lemmy from Motorhead ended up getting a, a fairly a rare form of cancer. And by the time he actually found out about it, he was already stage four and died like two months later. So, I mean, but he still kept doing what he wanted to do. You're right. I wouldn't let age stop. Tom Cruise and I are about the same age. And, uh, yeah, he's kept himself up pretty good. And I try to do the same, but, you know, if he can. If you can make the, you can make the movie, do the stunts. You know, he does the stunts. Uh, yeah. I watched a, uh, I watched a thing where he was doing like, I don't know, a dozen parachute jumps a day off a motorcycle stunt and thing. It's like, okay, that's pretty good. When you're like, you know, old enough to get the senior discount. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I, I saw a special feature on uh, on Keanu Reeves on John Wick, and they said that he's such a perfectionist um, that. The, he was being trained with like this um, uh, world-renowned, um, you know, firearms uh, trainer or whatever, and they were going through an obstacle course, similar to what he would have probably done in the movie. And he was he he was going through the motions, doing everything else. If he made even the slightest mistake, he stopped and said, "Nah." He didn't pick up where he left off. He went right back to the beginning and started over. That's just something about about the guy's work ethic, you know. He wanted to make sure he's completely believable. And that every move that he does, he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's being filmed for it. So you got to give the guys. As a matter of fact, they said Ken Reeves is actually classified as expert now. So 
you definitely don't want to break into his house and mess with his Mustang because he may go John Wick on your ass. <laughs> yeah, practice makes perfect. And if you got the budget to do the repetitions, you do it. You become really good at it. No. Well, it just reaffirms, too, like, like with the first purge of why we have a second amendment, why you always keep firearms in the house, because you never know who, who may try to come in there. Make sure if you're found here at night, you'll be found here the next morning. You know exactly what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, call, call the proper authorities and say, hey, get this guy's carcass out of here. Stink up the place. There you go. Yep. Make sure you're right. <laughs> right that's it. <laughs> well, it's good to talk with you again, bro. Like I said, uh, I come across some footage of you recently. I'm like, you know what? I still follow your stuff on, on various social media accounts, and, and I get to repost you when I do get to see it. And you always post some interesting stuff. And I um, just want to touch base with you and see what kind of get your take of what's going on down there, because I, I know you got your finger in the pulse. And just hopefully, maybe, for example, if, like, Carrie Lake gets this thing turned around, <coughs> hopefully you might be able to uh, at least have, have a um, – uh, an opportunity to chat with her privately and just say, ma'am, you know, this is what I do. I look at stuff, blah, 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 blah. And, and maybe give her some insight on something she doesn't know. And it might help her in her arguments to make sure that she could do her part to try to secure the border for the citizens of Arizona and, and make that damn usurper in our white house do his freaking job. But we don't see that happening. Uh, I sure don't see that happening. Uh, everything this administration has done has made it worse. And uh, when you leave the welcome mat out and turn the light on for them, uh, you're just going to get more. Uh, I, I say I, I do a show every week, on, and I continuously kind of bag on uh, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams because, you know, they put up the sign, Sanctuary City, and here they come. If you build it, they will come. And they did. And now he's complaining, and now he wants to redistribute the illegal aliens equally amongst all the other cities in the United States. And I'm going, well, Eric, look what you did. You brought this upon yourself, and uh, your fellow New Yorkers don't like it. But uh, uh, no, this is the problem. You know, we keep moving them inland. Uh, back when uh, all those Haitians came to Del Rio, my wife and I were there, and. Um, they had it all boxed up. Uh, nobody was getting in. We couldn't see them or anything. But what we did see was a steady stream of buses coming out of Del Rio to El Paso and to San Antonio. In a matter of days, they were all gone. So, you know, they're here someplace. Well, unfortunately, that usurper of a governor you have is definitely not going to do what Abbott and the census is done, that's for sure. She's just going to go, oh, come on in, come on in. Well, that's another issue we have is the way our border is built. Our fence in its entirety is on U.S. soil. So mm-hmm. even if someone steps up to on U.S. soil and we have a bureaucracy that's created a policy where they just bring them in, I have watched countless videos of border patrol agents guiding in people from the other side of the fence and they put them on buses and vans and they take them to their uh, processing centers and uh, they stay a very few of them get sent back and they are treated much better here than they are in their home country so there's 
no buyer's remorse. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before uh, on the air where we will treat them like our unconvicted, unsentenced inmates, and every few days come by with voluntary deportation papers and see how many of them will sign. And I bet you a lot of them will. You know, put them in a Ohio-style tent city down here in Arizona for a few months, and I bet you most of them will be happy to sign the voluntary deportation papers and go home. Uh, Instead, they get bus tickets and hotels in Times Square, which I can't afford. Yeah, and we see what's going on in the U.K., for example, and at least people are finally starting to rise up. There's people there in – that in, in Ireland are really starting to raise hell because of the fact that um, they are – they see what's happening, and, it's, and they're sick of it, and their government just keeps on pushing it. So I think it's actually uh, pretty interesting what's happening, and uh, but more people need to start standing out because you sure as hell don't see this um, on, the, on the news at all. Well, it's hard when you don't see it. Uh, oh. What we have to do, I'm all for this. This is why I'm involved with the NSM, is that you know, we can put down the phone, turn off the TV, go outside, and take to the streets and, and you know, uh, you know uh, give up our grievances to the public. You know, so, uh, like we did the other night there at Broadway. Our, 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 our people went and protested Leo Frank, and uh, um, that was visual. Uh, we need thousands of people to just, you know, Take a day off and go out and uh, you know protest things that they don't like. Uh, we, we can't do it with memes. Uh, we're not going to fight the next revolution with with social media. It's going to have to go out to the streets, and um, which is one of the first reasons I I got involved with the NSM was because they were a visible street group that could go out and uh, you know, stir things up. That's that's how I got involved in this in the first place. Is I showed up at a rally in 2009 where there was about 5,000 illegal aliens and about six of us, and mm-hmm. um, I thought that was uh, rather powerful. So uh, I've stuck with it ever since. Yeah, like I said, it's uh, it's amazing how people get into um, various movements and stuff because I have an aha moment, or someone talks to them and it makes sense to them. Or maybe even watch some documentaries and they go, oh, bing, light bulb, I get it. So, again, I don't want any information to be censored in any way because, of fact, I want to make sure people have access to ideas and into free information and um, be able to make a choice for themselves. And the biggest issue, most of all, is that so much of our media is so controlled, it's even hard to get certain information to even be able to disseminate if it's crap or not. But I can tell you this, with this BLM crap that's been pushed and all this stuff, these blacks really think that their time has come. And they're belittling whites every way, every step, and not being held to account. And by the time they are held to account, it's already out of the public view. So, like, um, you know, if a teacher makes students uh, bow down to black students before Black History Month and finally gets reprimanded, you might hear something about it, but you never hear any follow-ups. I mean, it's really terrible. It's very one-sided, and you know the whole BLM thing. Just well, I, I think their whole strategy was to make people hate them even more. Uh, if that was it, it's working. <laughs> oh yeah, 
I don't mind black folks. I just don't like niggers. There's a big difference. Well, the black folks said they uh, business. They look out for their families. They don't start trouble. Niggers, well, you know, we don't have to define them. We already know. They know well, what they are. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been you probably saw it on Twitter before, but I, I praise out there from time to time. Uh, it says diversity is our strength, but can't name a formerly white city or state that saw a drop in crime or rise in standard of living with forced diversity. I've been type, typing that out since 2015. I get very – I don't get arguments <laughs> at all. Right. It's true. <laughs> and and that happens. all the cities that are failing are all run by Democrats. Yeah. White yeah. and black. Phoenix is one of them. <laughs> Phoenix yeah. is one of them too, you know. Um, what, what struck me funny down here next door in Maricopa County was they, they got rid of Sheriff Arpaio because he was a racist and uh, or bigot or whatever. They So they put their – uh, George Soros puppet Paul Penzone in that position as sheriff. Now that same judge, Murray, Sh- Murray Snow's coming down on him for the same things they uh, were going after Arpaio for with the uh, uh, the lopsided arrest of Hispanics down here. Well, um, so it just cracked me up that, well, he's in the same boat Arpaio's in now. So, um, you know, but it uh, had everything to do with uh, having the wrong leadership in this, this town, you know, the, uh, failed to see the, the realities of the situation. Yeah, it's not getting any better, brother, that's for sure. All right, man, we appreciate your service, man. Like I said, you've been doing this for a while. Uh, you, you've um, been one of the voice boxes for NSM, and uh, not to mention you, you do your patriotic duty as an American, man. So I tip of the hat to you, brother. I always enjoy hearing you come on. Well, it's my pleasure, and thanks. And uh, I'll be on the hilltop near you somewhere up there in the desert. So, uh Anyone from the Sinaloa cartels listening, uh, well, watch out. We're watching for you. <laughs> yeah, no shit. We're watching. <laughs> if not, you're definitely, definitely going to need a spotter for somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to illegal activity, that's for sure. All right, man. Talk to you soon, brother. Sure thing. Pleasure being here. Hey, Victory. All right, that's Harry Hughes. Again, he's the public relations for uh, NSM, which is the National Socialist Movement. You can go to the website at nsm88.org. And I was trying to see – I had some links here. Hang on a second. I was trying to look for something. Yes, nsm88.com, .com, not .net or .org. Well, okay, you can tap tap that in. It does come up to nsm88.org. So there's some – like I said, they've changed the layout of the website, so they've got some really uh, nice, fresh-looking uh, layout now. And um, um, they used to have a lot more uh, uh, links to stuff in their old format, uh, but mainly it's comments and stuff here. But they got some interesting videos posted here without, as well as some uh, commentary. So there is some cool stuff on here, and I have to say, uh, most of the stuff I talk to. NSM. Uh, we're very approachable dudes. They're normal guys just like you or me. They're just a little bit more active um, trying to uh, raise awareness of what who's behind the shit, um, what's all going on, stuff like this. <coughs> and the more and more, especially if you're a poli-sci major, 
the more and more you actually start reading what National Socialism is, how it was originally started under Hitler, and how it's kind of morphed in different ways now, it's actually quite interesting, such as the uh, Nordic Resistance Movement in the Scandinavian countries, as well as in some of the uh, other versions of it, whether there's Jubik or Golden Dawn um, or some other groups internationally. Uh, and again, there's Spain, Poland, all over the place. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. And the more you actually understand what national socialism is and its connection to nature um, is not as sinister as they always tell us that it is. So those are some things you really need to check that out. Matt Einbach has done a couple of national socialism. Uh, there's a shorter version of that on, on a video. I think it's like seven, eight minutes long. It's also featured in Europa, The Last Battle. Uh, there's a much longer version, which is about 40 minutes long, where he goes into a lot more detail. And I think that's uh, uh, actually was the live speech he gave there in Kentucky, I think, in 2018 and uh, or 2019. Uh, no, when was that? 20, 2017, 2017. And uh, I actually filmed that myself, so I actually was able to, to capture that. So that was actually a lot of cool stuff there, and here his take on it. And actually, when you understand the basic logic behind it, it makes a lot of sense. So it's it's not evil and sinister. It's it's how, it's preservation of a nation, man. So I mean, again, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And anyone is a policy major. I don't care if you got Mein Kampf or you've got the Communist Manifesto or you got Caesar's Commentaries on the Gallic Civil War or you've got Plato's Republic. You need to read and understand these books and understand what they are trying to convey. And in some cases, these are marching orders of what they plan to do. Um, others are an ideology that manifests itself, such as with the Bolsheviks uh, decades later and taking over Russia and turning it into the Soviet Union. So, again, a lot of this stuff is pretty interesting to read uh, just on its own merits of uh, political science. So those are some things definitely worth checking out, that's for sure. So, yes, uh, always good to um, uh, hear from Harry Hughes. Um, he has a lot of cool stuff out there. If you want to find him on Twitter, you could go to hlhughes03. And follow him there, and um, just uh, he always has some interesting stuff that he posts. And uh, again, it, it's always good to see a guy who is not afraid to speak his mind. And I want a, a lot more people to do that and be able to. Um, really showcase um, various viewpoints because the more and more people that actually listen to this stuff might actually have an aha moment. I, I mean, again, I became more politically aware around 2006 uh, because after the um, uh, we got Bush reelected, the borders were still hanging open, wide open. I couldn't understand why that he would leave the borders open like that. And, um, and that was in 2005 and 2006, I started becoming a little more aware. And then I saw a documentary that really, really kicked me hard was America, Freedom to Fascism by Aaron Russo. And um, raising the question about is there really an income tax? And that opened the doors for a lot of things, as well as uh, leading up to the national ID 
Act and all this other bullshit, Patriot Act, and all this other crazy shit. So it's actually disgusting. But uh, more and more people really start to see it. They're like, holy shit. And that's also when I first really encountered Ron Paul was because of that documentary. So, again, I encourage people to do podcasts, do your own documentaries. Uh, post as much as you can on social media while you can. Of course, if you get channel banned, nobody knows if you're posting anything. But it's, it's uh, no fun. But these are things that um, do matter. Whether it's the um, Aryan Network, National Socialist Movement, um, Patriotic Front, um, other groups out there. Some have come and gone. You know, again, uh, a lot of these guys took the time to try to get go public and try to raise awareness to the public view. I mean, look at the John Birch Society. The stuff that they were talking about back in the 50s. There was a, you know, they had a, a handful of people that really knew what was going on. Now, millions, not just in this country, but also internationally, even world leaders, certain world leaders listen to Alex Jones, okay? So, I mean, he come out of nowhere, just a Texas guy doing a uh, um, public access channel and worked from there, okay? This is how you do it. And... People can just start their own podcast. I've had people that I've helped set up to start their own podcast because I brought them on as a guest and said, here, I want you to guest host. And they're like, oh, wow, I really like this. Cool. If you don't want to start a show here on my network, start your own. Um, some people have done it for a short time. Some people are still going. The bottom line is if I can inspire one person to pick up the top baton and run with it, I've done my job. Uh, I don't have to have millions of followers follow my shit and go, oh, yeah, Sonny, you're all great. You know, that doesn't, that has no relevance to me. You know, I just enjoy being a normal dude who's speaking my opinion. It quite frankly doesn't give a fuck. Oh, yeah, you're this, you're that. I might tell you to go fuck yourself, but dude, really, I don't give a shit what your opinion is of me because I just don't care. I mean, I think that's some of the things that I try to push this cancer culture shit. Is that people don't fucking realize, dude, that some people just don't give a fuck about what your opinion is. You know, someone wants to go up and talk shit about you, man, you got two ways to handle this thing. You just totally blow the guy off, or you go and you wipe the fucking floor with his ass. One or the other, okay? Sometimes you can do both. But, like, when they try to cancel Ice-T for being on that skit with Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live... Ice-T was just like, man, they've been trying to cancel me for 30 years. I don't give a fuck about that shit. And he doesn't. Guy is, is, is well off the do. He's been on Law & Order SVU for 23 years. He's, he's had uh, gold and at least one platinum album that I can think of off the top of my head. He's done a lot of stuff with his band Body Count. Um, he's, got a, he's got a star on a walk of fame. Dude, he's He's also 64 years old. He's at the point. He just don't give a shit. He's made his money. He's probably invested his shit. He's good, man. But the bottom line is that it doesn't phase him. It doesn't phase him. And so when a lot of these world leaders eventually become at the top of their of their uh, their their chain there, whether it's FDR, Churchill, Hitler, Stalin, whatever, okay, it was probably a long fight to get to that top no different than your local uh, baseball team or football team going through all the games and all the stuff to become the, the regional champions 
division champions, and then they be, they go to the big game and then become the winners, okay? It takes a lot of work and a lot of teamwork in many cases. The bottom line is every with every revolution is one man with a vision, and that's how it starts, as a single thought in someone's mind, and then it goes from there. And how they get that thought out, and it, whether they do it like did, or they write a book about it like Ingalls and uh, and uh, Marx, okay? And then those ideas manifest later on. Look at the shit the Frankfurt School did. They didn't directly go out there and lead revolutions. They wrote books and infected the entire flower children generation uh, to, do, to create this hippie movement and do all the shit. Now, yesterday's flower children, today's blooming idiots. I mean, that's what we're stuck with. I mean, more and more as I look at it, I really despise the baby boomer generation because they fucked us, man. The greatest generation went through all that bullshit, fought in a big war they never should have been in in the first place. And then they have children and their kids that fucked us in so many different ways because they either got selfish because it's the me generation and they just didn't left us a fucking wreckage and a brain drain because a lot of the younger generations are so goddamn stupid or so fixated on that television screen, they can't think for themselves. That's why they're destroying Star Trek because of the fact that Star Trek actually made you think. The new Star Trek is all PC. And so it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And so when you understand why the South seceded in 1861, all the egregious shit that the North had done to them, as well as the central government for decades off and on, it just reached ahead, man. And um, I think it could very well, I think the days of educated men and people that have regional pride, um, a few and far between. We won't find another Robert E. Lee, who is basically a proud Virginian, who says, I'm not going to raise my sword against Virginia. That is my hunt. That is my country. That is my home. These are my neighbors, my friends, my family. You want me to raise a sword against those people? I can't do it. I'm not in good conscience. No, sir. And so we need more people to think like that. I know if I ever got a chance to be governor of Ohio, I'd be Ohio first and fuck everybody else. I mean, seriously, I, I do believe, and from my and Analytics that I've read that Ohio is the greatest state in the union for many reasons. You've also had more presence from this state than any other state in the union. There's a there's a reason for that, okay? Because we're badass. We are the heart of it all. No one can get the presidency without Ohio. It is a proven fact. And so I firmly believe in the state. I believe in its history. And a lot of great people have have been born and raised here and brought forth a lot of great technical prowess to the rest of the world. Whether it's Charles Kettering coming up with electric starter, whether it's um, uh, John Patterson coming up with National Cash Register, um, or any number of things, Ohioans are innovators. We're leaders, and major summits also happen here, like the, the uh, Bosnia Peace Accord, Clinton. So I mean, again, <laughs> we're just badass, dude. I'm a proud Buckeye, and I don't give a fuck about anybody else, you know, especially fuck Michigan. If it was me, I'd say make Ohio great again, build a wall, and block us off from Michigan. Any Michiganders that try to enter Ohio, they should be shot on sight. I mean, serious, man. There is a blood feud between Ohioans and Michiganders because of the Battle of Toledo. Read about it sometime, and you'll see why we fight it out between our two college football teams. 
because of the fact that Michigan, <laughs> we got a shithole Toledo, and they got the whole Upper Peninsula, the Wisconsin Territory. That's bullshit. That should be a whole nother. There's your two-state solution right there. If New California is formed, fuck Puerto Rico. The Upper Peninsula of Michigan should be either returned to Wisconsin or you should make it its own state. End of discussion. All right. You follow us on various social media on Winkin, Getter, Parlor, and Telegram at Sunny Thomas Show. And a majority of those at Resolution RDO. And on Twitter, we are at Resolution RDO and the number one. We have uh, very few of the Resolution Radio blood teas. Nothing counts more than blood with the sun in red. And um, we have very few of those left. We're hoping to reorder sometime soon. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to get some of this technical stuff fixed here first. Uh, I do have other shirts already designed. It's just a matter of getting the funnage to um, um, get those new shirts printed up initially. But we have, I think, two or three left of the blood tees, and I think they're enlarged. And that's it. Most of the other ones we sold out very quickly, with actually within the first few weeks of us uh, getting them. And uh, they, were, they were slowly still selling afterwards. And uh, we've had people send back um, pictures of them modeling it. Thank you very much. That includes Toto. That includes that also includes Andreas Johansson from Nordic Frontier over in Sweden. So if you look at the Nordic Frontier shows, you will see a picture of of uh, Andreas sporting the Resolution Radio blood tee. Yeah, pretty badass. Thanks, brother. I always appreciate that. All right, so uh, we're going to sign off here. We're going to close off with more Bound for Glory. Uh, opening song tonight was um, Vindication. And we're going to close with more Bound for Glory with Once We Were. And um, make sure you check out last episode. The Krauts of the Round Table again. And we talked about Dresden. And uh, we've got some pretty interesting stuff there. So Dennis Wise, Harold Zeger, and Monica Schaefer. I'm hoping to have Alfred Schaefer on soon and be able to tell about um, his ordeal with the court systems over there as well as him still continuing to fight uh, against the fraudulent state that is Deutschland. Because it was, uh, it was never formally dismantled. Uh, from the National Socialist Government that was in 1945 under Admiral Donuts. There was never a formal uh, change of government nor an actual um, um, agreement. It was pretty obvious that uh, that whole bullshit over there is, is, has been a fraudulent government for almost 70 years. So it needs to be changed back to what it's supposed to be, that's for sure. All right, so lots of ma, and we will catch you next week. Make sure you check out other programs here on the Resolution Radio Network.
You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity, a call to action, and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word mine, it is ours. Our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. Ten thousand hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow. The flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black, and brown. So kinsman, duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, you have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered, explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. Kinsmen, arise. Look toward the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-763-5999. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-763-5999. Greetings, fellow white people. Nazi propaganda bot here. Have you visited NordicResistanceMovement.org yet? If not, why? Are you an English cigarette? At NordicResistanceMovement.org, you will find the latest and the greatest regarding the movement and the Nordic people's struggle. Activist reports with action from the street. Ideological articles to stimulate your mind. Videos. Radio and more. From the week bond by you will find an article written by Simon Lindbergh himself. He wrote 
Bell Television for United North Contra Allergist Eileen. We also published Simon Hayes' business article called The Psychology of Genocide, which details how whites have been tricked into hating themselves and need to wake up to the glory of their ancestry. So you think this sounds nice? You want some of this? Then head on over to NordicResistanceMovement.org and get your daily dose of National Socialist Stimulus. You're investing in your health and supporting the InfoWar when you visit InfoWarsLife.com and purchase your supply of Survival Shield X2 Nation Iodine and all the great products at InfoWarsLife.com. As you know, we've talked to pharmacists, chemists, doctors, researchers, scientists, and the answer is clear. Iodine is key, is paramount, and there's still so much new information coming out that we simply can't even keep up with it. In our quest for the purest iodine, we drill down more than 7,000 feet to gather these purple-blue crystals to extract the ultra-pure iodine. On top of that, we also screen our iodine for radiation before bottling. It is the purest, cleanest, strongest out there. Quite frankly, I'm flattered that with the launch of Survival Shield Nascent Iodine, that major brands and major companies have been knocking down our doors to get our formula and that they have been unable to come up with anything even close to what we have. It is exclusive to InfoWarsLife.com and the InfoWarsLife family of incredible products. When you started your business, it wasn't because you wanted to be like everybody else. You have something special to offer, and you want customers to know it from the moment you hand them your card. That's why now is the time to go to Vistaprint.com, where you can get 500 customized, high-quality business cards starting at just $9.99. It's worth repeating, 500 custom business cards starting at $9.99. Vistaprint lets you choose everything about your card with thousands of customizable design options for every industry. You select the quality, whether that means standard or upgrading to our luxurious premium stocks. And you decide whether you want to do it yourself with our simple design process or ask for a little help via chat, email, or phone from our support specialists. We even have professional designers on call. There's never been a better time to get a business card that's every bit as unique as your business. Just head to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 3377 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 3377. 